What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. On this episode, as we usually do every week, we're catching up with our good buddy Joe Grabowski, former Wisconsin Badger offensive lineman, owner of Cabin Coffee in Altoona. He's answering a couple listener questions, and I got a couple as well. So let's just jump right into it. Time to catch up with our good buddy, Mr. Joe Grabowski, owner of Cabin Coffee, former Badger offensive lineman. First of all, hi, Mom Grabowski, too, just in case yeah, she's listening my, this week. So. My mom is uh, definitely uh, active on social media. Yeah. More than you, would you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, she's much more active than I am on social media. I think so. she might be our, one of our number one listeners. So uh, There you go. Now you have a fan for life. <laughs> uh, how's everything going? Good. Yeah? Staying, yeah. trying to stay warm out there a little yeah. bit. So. I don't mind the cold. I yeah. hate the snow, but I don't mind the cold. Mm-hmm. I can put more clothes on. Yeah, exactly. I hate, I hate shoveling snow. I'm the same way. <laughs> I had to bust out the snowboard for the first time, and I'll be glad if I don't have to do it again. Yeah, I so. agree. Uh, which kind of relates, you know, because, you know, playoffs started last week for the NFL and we had the cold game with Kansas City and and Miami and, you know, Andy Reid's mustache freezing with snot and, and all <laughs> that, or Buffalo where they had to shovel out. Like, I don't know if you saw some of the images where fans had to sit in snow banks in the stadium and <laughs> yep. that. Uh, so we had somebody uh, ask about cold weather games for, for you, and one of them I thought was kind of interesting too. Sleeves or no sleeves? Are you a sleeves or no sleeves? Guy, when it gets to to colder weather, offensive linemen don't wear sleeves. No, and I always wore a half shirt. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't remember. Like again, the memories fade. I don't remember a specific game that was super cold um, that I can recall. But um, it's a pride thing, mm-hmm. you know. Even the even the linemen on the sidelines weren't wearing long sleeve. Yeah, like it was. It's a toughness thing. Yeah, was it smart? Probably not. Is <laughs> it a toughness thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Same for like, would you say like receivers? I mean, sometimes I see some of those dudes like no shirt out there, and you they're, know, just, they but they're were, kind of a different breed, aren't they? A receivers little? are wearing like snowmobile suits, basically underneath yeah. their pads. Like they had the tights on and the long sleeve shirts. Uh, we used to have these like bakalavas that would go over your head and hide under your helmet, and it was like a full, like a head sock almost with the face cut out of it. They were wearing that, but offensive linemen. And when, once you're playing, after the first three hits, the sting goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I, mean, I mean, even in that temperature, I was usually sweating, you yeah. know, because <laughs> you're working, you right. know. So it's, yeah, it was never a cold, never really bothered me. I think I heard Tom Brady one time say he wears a scuba suit when it was, when it was cold out wow. there. And I'm like, I, for the temperature-wise or something like that, I'm like, okay, you know. I would be concerned about mobility. Yeah. I don't want anything that I want to be as light and as fast as I possibly could be. I don't want anything restricting my movement on my legs, on my shoulders, on my arms. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that is completely mortifying. I would never do that. Right. <laughs> and I got to imagine, maybe if, if I'm, I'm completely off, tell me, but if it's a cold-weather game, you would think, okay, teams want to run the ball more, which offensive linemen, I think, would appreciate more, yeah. too, at that point. Offensive linemen love running the ball. Mm-hmm. I hate. I, 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 I shouldn't say I hate pass blocking. Uh, it's a skill. It's an art form. Uh, running the ball, um, you have you have less less time for you to be like really screw up mm-hmm. if you're playing left tackle and a guy comes off and smokes your quarterback like everybody sees it mm-hmm. you can hide on you can hide if you have a bad play you can hide it amongst the running but yep. and then in two like against it's running it's it's all just kind of 
force on force and who wants it more. So mm-hmm. that's why I like throwing the ball. Yeah. Uh, would you say there's more when it gets to like running the ball as soon as that, that, that play is made, it's just kind of like, okay, natural instincts sort of thing and just, you know, bulldozing over a guy or something like that. You know, you work on t- your, your technique. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a lot of zone, so you knew, you knew where you were going. Mm-hmm. A lot of combo blocks on the down line and come off on the linebacker. Uh, you you practice those every day. They become like it's a habit. Um, you know your footwork. The guy next to you, you know his footwork, and uh, just double team and just road grade people. There's got to be a lot of trust involved in some of that when you see these guards pulling and just letting a free guy go. <clears throat> yeah, you know, with with a quarterback or or running back sitting there, like to have that trust, like that the timing of yeah. of everything that's going to work out. It is, and I mean, and, and that's worked out in. I mean, we started this in summer in camp. They're still mm-hmm. doing the same stuff, you know. Like, you know, it's it's unbelievable the amount of reps that you get. You get to know your your teammates really well, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to communicate a whole lot because you both know what you're going to do. Right. Um, yeah, it's a it's very kind of a cool to be that close to somebody in those situations and not have to even communicate or talk. And right. You know what he's going to do, and you trust him enough where he's going to get you know. He's going to reach his block, and you're going to come off on a linebacker, and if all mm-hmm. goes well, we'll break one. So. Yeah. I know in that uh, the, the Packer-Cowboy game, you had quite a few badgers, actually, for, for the Cowboys and mm-hmm. uh, linemen there, too, uh, getting in some scrums over there, too. They mm-hmm. were they were, they were were getting a little chitty-chatty. Uh, fired up. Yeah. Playoffs. Absolutely. So, And I know for, for Packers' offensive linemen's sake, you know, they had themselves a good game going up against, you know, Micah Parsons, who's a really great pass rusher. But from an offensive line standpoint, when you silence – a defensive player like a Parsons where everybody's like, oh, defensive player of the year, you mm-hmm. know, getting after the quarter. When you don't hear that guy's name, though, that's got to be the best feeling in the world for an offensive lineman. 100%. And you don't need to be pounded on the back and say how great I am. Mm-hmm. Guys around you know it, and the other team knows it too because mm-hmm. their superstar is silent, yep. hasn't been in, hasn't made any big plays, hasn't had an impact in the game. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely a respect there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a quiet demeanor it's a quiet respect but you know and then watching film is always fun on those days too right after, after the game would you, you would you say oh not to cut you off or anything but like <laughs> would you say with to, to feed off that because once in a while when you see these games and maybe it's lopsided defensive lineman gets a little chippy maybe mm-hmm. a little aggressive tries to get into it with an offensive lineman right. is that almost your reward kind of sort of thing because you don't get the public praise as an offensive right. lineman right mm-hmm. but when you get that Aaron Donald or somebody who's just pissed off at you yep. and and they're trying to start a scrum or something yep. like that is that almost kind of like all right I know I did my job there at that point it's more of a I know I'm getting to you yeah I know I'm I'm ruining your weekend mm-hmm. I know that I'm mentally I'm I'm in your head a little bit because whatever trick you've pulled out thus far in the game mm-hmm We've either had an answer for it or I've held my own. So, which doesn't mean that the next play is not going to destroy you because that happens right. very much so. But there's a lot of mental mental warfare going on in those trenches, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you don't gloat on the field. Um, <laughs> I wasn't a trash talker either. I couldn't breathe 90% <laughs> of the time. Some people are very creative uh, on defense with their insults, and uh, I was just trying to breathe. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to live. <laughs> oh, I probably can't say some of the stuff you probably heard on nope. uh, on here. So no, uh, no, that would be uh, yeah, you would have some uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, another interesting question we had from from a listener. I'm bringing it up here. This was uh, from a gentleman named Ben. Uh, Ben's like, can you ask Joe the next time that he's on? 
if uh, when he was playing, was there any conversation about Barry Alvarez potentially taking another job or getting uh, lured to the NFL? I thought at one time I remember the Bears were interested in him. But obviously, you know, with Harbaugh taking these interviews, what would the mindset be from, from a player on that Michigan team seeing your coach getting essentially kind of lured or tried to trying to get lured to an NFL team? What do you think those players are thinking right now? So the first question, I don't recall. And if it was happening, we weren't privy to that information. Mm-hmm. If uh, Coach Alvarez was going to try to be lured to the NFL, um, he never addressed the team publicly about it mm-hmm. um, that I can recall. So if it was happening, it was behind closed doors in meetings. Um, and as far as a player, I mean, it's kind of hard because you committed to that coach. Mm-hmm. You committed to the program. You committed to your guys. You know, it's a lot of that's going to go on. I think at the end of the day, you have to have the mindset that this is a business. And I, and I say that a lot. Uh, college football is a business. So, again, as much as, especially after you win the national championship, you don't want your coach to leave. Ultimately, if it does happen, you kind of understand, mm-hmm. you know. And now, unfortunately or unfortunately, however you view it, with the transfer portal, you can just leave. Yeah. Now, let's say you are back in my time. You're at the mercy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at the mercy of if Coach Alvarez would leave, who they're going to bring in. You know, mm-hmm. you have to trust the university, the athletic director, that they're going to find the best possible solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but from where Coach Alvarez came from, uh, you know, inheriting just a horrible team in the late 80s and early 90s to where he built the program, mm-hmm. um, I think he was all in. And obviously he <laughs> let never left, which is right. awesome for the program and for the university and for the state. Right. And, you know, it's kind of got a trickle-down effect, too, because we just saw it with, you know, Alabama and Washington and all that. You know, Nick Saban retires. So what mm-hmm. do they do? They get Washington's coach, who just made a national championship, but now going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. you got players that are all over the transfer portal leaving Alabama. Well, now Washington needs a head coach, so they get somebody. Right. It's just – it's kind of a, you know uh, – that's where it makes the Alvarez situation for like for for your instance, knowing that that guy was just going to be there. Huh. That stability mm-hmm. that that it provides to that team, absolutely. Uh, you know, just no matter what, I mean, you look back at how long he was there for, and then took over the uh, position of the athletic director. Uh, he's been a constant there since he arrived. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, um, I'm happy that I never had to worry about that. Um, and I'm happy that it was never on my radar. I'm also happy that I didn't play in the por- in the in the transfer porta- portal area because yeah. it's got to be tough because you get close to the guys you play with. Mm-hmm. You understand it's a business. You want to do what's best for you know you want your friends to to do what's best for them. But yeah, when you go close to people like that and you're playing next to a guy for three years or your roommates with the guy, then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. You know mm-hmm. it's. It's got to be a huge adjustment. Really happy I didn't play in that yeah. play in that time. And, and you know, we're obviously focusing a lot on on the head coach, but the position coaches then too would yeah. would be affected by that. Which I got to imagine you're really close to to your position coaches at <laughs> yeah. that time. Absolutely, uh, I, you see him. I saw them him every day. Um, even I mean, there's always constant communication, whether it's watching film or on practice or. I mean, it, you, you I saw him every day, so it's hard to readjust. Uh, with a new coach, a new new scheme, or whatever this new coach brings in, and whoever he 
takes with them or whoever gets fired, like, there's a lot of transition. Like, mm-hmm. you really can't almost relax on what you've accomplished and what you've done because it can change. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Joe Thomas, and I know this is this is the NFL. Uh, you know, he comparing, I mean, he played for the Browns, and how many new head coaches and new quarterbacks and new yep. offensive schemes and new this and new that and the guy was just... You never a, heard him complain. Never. Yeah. And it sounds like he doesn't regret anything, you know, not no. leaving or anything like no. that. I mean, the guy's going to the Hall of Fame, or he's in the Hall of Fame, in which is awesome. Fame, yeah. yeah, the guy's just a, just a specimen. So, you know, the game itself is easy. It's the outside interference that you have to worry about. Yeah, and i got to imagine, too, like social media, you're probably glad you didn't have to deal with that nope. stuff and, and yeah. all that. So. I'm so happy. Yeah. Uh, I have kids that do it, but I, I I'm, I'm happy that I didn't have I wasn't in the social media era just because, again, it's an, almost like another distraction. It really is. Um, I had the luxury of just concentrating on going to school mm-hmm. and playing football and doing what I needed to do to work out, and that was my life. And it was simplified for me. And I'm not saying it was simple, but it was simplified for me. I have to think much about the outside stuff because they occupied my time mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about bulletin board material before. Uh, I want to read a quote. This is from a defensive lineman for the Packers talking about uh, the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. And I would like your reaction as an offensive lineman who's blocking for Brock Purdy when mm-hmm. you hear something like this. So Devontae Wyatt said, when D linemen just get pressure into him, he's always thrown off or it's behind them or it's overthrown or short. When you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee that we will get a turnover. So you are on the 49ers, you're you're an offensive lineman. You hear the counterpart saying that. Is that bulletin board material for for you guys over Absolutely. there? Absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. That's 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 fuel on that fire. Mm-hmm. Um all of a sudden you're going to get high load. <laughs> <laughs> like yep. the first play of the game. Yeah. Just to set the tone. Mhm. Absolutely. Um or you're going to find a way to set the tone there. Yeah, that's definitely bulletin more material. You're talking about the offensive line. You're calling out five guys that's claiming, well, if we get pressure on them, your quarterback's going to basically crumble. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's bulletin more material. And it's very effective, too. You want to fire up an offensive line and, and, and build some more solidarity? Oh, I got to yeah. imagine because they're always the first ones to have that quarterback's back, too. I mean, we see it all the time. Absolutely. Right? You yep. know, if it's a late hit or close to a late hit or something oh, like absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, I don't know why we're doing this, but then you had uh, there was uh, Mark Chimura saying, you know, in this game, it it might be worth it a 15 yard penalty to give a little extra hit to to Purdy and send him back. I'm like, what are we doing? What what are we doing right now with this? I I don't believe in uh, being dirty. Okay, so when I said high low, like you have ways to set the tone Mm -hmm. in the offensive line. You know, whether it be a double team or something else, I'm not talking about taking guys' knees out or right. or cheap shotting because that's not what we condone. And it sure as heck is what, is what we learned at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But there's ways in the trenches for you to make your point known and mm-hmm. to and to get into a guy. Or you know, if you're doing a pass protection, you step back one or two and then you go for his knees, like which is completely legal. Right. However, I mean, like so, there's is ways for you to set that standard and for you to okay. I read what you wrote. Mm-hmm. I heard what you said, and now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So, 
And this is a second-year defensive lineman saying that, yeah, too. And like, I'm just like, oh, dude, why? I don't think you know everything yet. Like, you yeah. still have a lot of growing to do. Yeah. And if you want to get down to the numbers, he actually was the, the quarterback. Purdy was actually the best under the pressure, according to the numbers, too. So it's like even that's even dumber yeah, it's just, to, to make again, stuff like, like that. Never try to make a bulletin board material for somebody else because, first of all, I don't want to get called into the coach's office. Uh, this is what the focuses on, you know, for your interviews, for mm-hmm. the media. This is what we're talking about. It's always about the team. It's always about coming together. It's always about the team, team, team. You know, you never – I would never – Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you just don't call people out. I would, I would appreciate it. Like, if he's trying to say, you know, we've we got to do our job and try to generate pressure on him, that's completely different than saying, yeah, he sucks when we get pressure yeah, on him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. but again, and you're calling out five offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, that aren't doing their job. And, yeah, that's 1,000% bulletin board material, and uh, mm-hmm. good luck. Yep. Uh, when it came to – I don't know why I just thought of this, but so – because obviously you had a Heisman candidate – or a Heisman teammate uh, with Ron Dane, power runner yep. over there. We see the NFL has got a mixture of power runners, speed runners. As an offensive lineman, was it different to adjust between the styles of, of runners, or was it the same for, for a lot of those guys? <clears throat> different. Uh, Ron was super patient. Okay. Ron trusted us enough, and we trusted him enough that give us time. The The plays take time to develop. If mm-hmm. you're coming off a double team onto a linebacker, you know, the, the play itself takes time to develop. It doesn't pay for you to be running in the hole when I'm still having, I'm still coming off on a one block to get to another block. Like, mm-hmm. So Ron was super patient. Now you had some offensive or some running backs that were – um, and I think Michael Bennett was... That was the first name I thought of. Yeah. Because yep. um, he was in track, too. I mean, yeah, speedster. S- super fast. Yep. Um, and a funny story. Um, and uh, it was... Uh, it was we were, I think we were in the shower. And uh, everybody had a face mask mark on their back, lower back, you know shoulders like mm-hmm. where there's no padding and all offensive line so we actually called i think my buddy called uh michael in and said hey i want you to come in here look at this you see the face mask mark on all of the offensive linemen up here you need to be more patient like the you're i promise you we'll make the blocks yeah but you gotta give us time for the play to develop, and it actually did work. I mean, it, he slowed down, and obviously was a good back for us. But right, it was. Uh, it, speedsters are hard because they're fast and they want to get the ball and they mm-hmm. want to do their thing. Uh, Ron was a power back and patient, just patient. If you ever watch some of the film on Ron, just patient, waiting, waiting, waiting. There's a whole boom and explode. You know I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, and that's got to be something you got to learn too, right? With all that was that time spent, whether it's at the seminary yep, or, or anything like that, because. I mean, he's got to be thinking, too, like, okay, I'm target number one right now. Everybody's Absolutely. coming after me to be that patient and trust you guys. Very hard to be patient when you're the guy with the ball mm-hmm. and everyone's hunting you. So I, I completely agree with that. But you also have some guys up front that have some experience and have some weight and have some, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be able to trust your guys. That's where that's built. And uh, 100%. So, yeah, I would rather block for a guy who's patient than have a guy mm-hmm. running up the back of my legs and uh, bulldozing me in the back. Yeah. You know, so – takes time. Do you think that's a lot of the issues with maybe teams that struggle to run the ball because their running back is maybe not as patient in that part? Could be that. Also, I think it's too, is, you know, offensive line is, it's, you, you only way you get better is through just the trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. 
you learn you learn the the how you can exist, how to play. Not from watch film is a part of it, but sometimes just getting your butt kicked. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and uh, especially like you know, your three years together that you play across the front, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing the people gel. But it does take time, so it's a mixture. It's it takes eleven guys to move the ball. It takes eleven guys to stop the ball. That's mm-hmm. that's where the whole team thing comes together. So yeah, hard to hard to say what part it is, but. Patience is a virtue, and it's sometimes hard for running back, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like that Michael Bennett story. Huh? That's that's a really good one. Huh? That's a good one. All right, before I let you go here, it, uh, obviously the temperatures are colder, which is like even better for warmer drinks and such, too. Huh? I've been chowing down. I shouldn't say chowing down. That doesn't sound right. So, <laughs> uh, chugging uh, down on the coffee. So we huh? got uh, more of the giddy-up, which is my favorite, uh, over there, huh? plus the smell, too. Absolutely. So when you leave, I'm probably going to take a big sniff in, in the bag there. But that's you're, you're freshly roasted. You even put the date on there, too. Yep. Uh, we uh, Coffee is freshest uh, 14 days after it's roasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, be careful for people who claim oh, fresh ground coffee. Well, if your coffee is six years old, I can still fresh grind it for you. Like, it doesn't matter. So yeah, Play we, on words there. We put yeah. a date on there yep. uh, so you know it. Uh, it's the freshest in 14 days. And then it starts to lose some of its uh, essential oils and flavors, and it starts to get stale, almost like fresh bread. If you've all had fresh bread out of the oven, yep. coffee's very similar. Um, so, yeah, uh, we try to we use our coffee. Mm-hmm. We roast it on site, buy our beans green from all over the world, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, serve it at Cabin Coffee. And you got a bunch of different flavors uh, on there, too, and the giddy-up is light, correct? It's light roast. Yep. It's got more caffeine, so people would say, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. I need, some, I need a nice dark roast. Yeah. I'd probably go with the light roast if you're really tired. It's got mm-hmm. more caffeine in it. So there's my little... Do you think that's one of the biggest misconceptions out there with It is. That? Yeah. From what I hear from uh, customers. And we try to... If you have a question about coffee, we have the answer. Right. So... Uh, He's not just a pretty face. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have a face for radio. So... Um, but yeah. So we... Our employees know. Um, they have not coffee knowledge. And... If you have questions about coffee, we can have the answer. Otherwise, they call me. I seem to know a thing or two about coffee. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it, it's great. It's fresh is the best. What, if you've had fresh coffee, you will not go back to the brown-flavored water, I promise you, because – and I was just at a wedding this past weekend, and uh, there was coffee, and I did not drink it because the benefits of it were – I did the pros and cons, and <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. You so, assessed it right there. And, I will go yeah. without coffee before I have crappy coffee. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is definitely a difference. So, uh, All right, dude. Well, appreciate uh, the time as always. I always love our conversations absolutely. there. Never know where it kind of turns after yeah. that. I look forward to these uh, these conversations every week because I get a chance to talk about football. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I get to relive my my glory years from 20 years ago. So. Well, Perfect. we get to we get to learn a lot of stuff there too, so I appreciate that too. So, and I can't wait when you and uh, Bill get your podcast. Coming, yep, that's uh, coming down the line too. Coming so. down the line here, we're working on it still, and uh, again, I think it's kind of going to be a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been hitting the head a lot, so sometimes <laughs> the stories uh, start to fade, and this is just one way for us to, you know, to have it through the on the internet, and uh, maybe someday if I have grandkids. Or my kids will be able to sit back and listen and be able to hear some of the stories before I completely mm-hmm. forget all of them. So, and that's one thing that I wish I would have did. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have kept a journal because I was told to, like, you're going to forget this. And I'm like, ah, how am I going to forget it? I lived it. Mm-hmm. I lived it, you know. 
and now I'm 46, and uh, it takes a couple of us to get together to remember stories, and you forget things, and uh, yeah, so I think it's going to be kind of a cool experience for us. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of which, is uh, you've been able to spend some time with your daughter with yep. holiday break, too? She's been off, yep. so yep, she just turned 19 on the 16th, so oh, she uh 19 and uh, spent time with her, and uh, she's doing great. Obviously, love seeing my kids. Yep. My son's been... Uh, was off this week too, so it's been pretty good. Awesome first semester in, first semester in, and uh, she appears to be doing good. Has it figured out? And uh, good awesome. for her. Yeah. Good deal. All right, we'll send our best well. to, to your family too, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you again next week, buddy. Sounds good. That's going to do it on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends from High V and Toys and Ford. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Man Cave Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you could, be a friend, give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.